Hello, and welcome to Disney Rewind, a Disney nostalgia podcast served with a glass of wine. We are your hosts, Adina Miller. And Rachel Seedman. And in each episode, we break down a piece of Disney media and pair it perfectly with a glass of wine. Cheers. Hello. Hi, Rachel. How are you doing, Adina? I'm doing swell. Uh, just for the viewers at home to know, we accidentally are wearing the same shirt. Which we got, we did get this shirt together. We got them, yes, we got them to wear to Disneyland to have a like matching day. So they are purple and say best day ever. I will post a photo of us wearing them at Disneyland and then also a photo of us recording right now. When we found out that we were wearing the same shirts, this was unplanned. It's a very exciting moment. I wish we'd automatically recorded this instead of having to click it later. So we would have had that. If we had our reaction, (laughs) it was the most glorious thing of me being completely and utterly speechless. And I squealed. So pure. (laughs) So pure. (laughs) Um, But we have a movie this week that was my pick of the week. And so I decided we're going to rewind Eh? all the way far as far back as we possibly could go and we are going to talk about today snow white and the seven dwarfs yay i'm so excited so this movie has two release dates it's important to know that it premiered at the one the only carthay circle on december 21st 1937 For those of you who have been to Disneyland and gone to California Adventure, Carthay Circle serves an amazing dinner and has incredible cocktails. 10 out of 10. The pear drop martini is my favorite. It's all of them. Literally, you cannot go wrong at at Carthay. So you cannot. I completely recommend going. However, so that was the premiere at Carthay Circle. It was premiered to everybody else on February 4th, 1938. Now, I did write down our Disney Plus summary as we have been using. However, um, I think it's lacking. So then I wrote another summary, which I will also read and you guys can decide. I also think my summary is lacking too. So I'm not trying to toot my own horn here. I mean, I appreciated your summary of You Wish much better than the one that was on Disney Plus. So please go right ahead. Hire me, Disney Plus. Um, so here is the Disney Plus uh, synopsis. <clears throat> Snow White wins the hearts of the seven dwarves and triumphs over an evil queen in the film that launched Disney's animation legacy. Okay, it's fine, but there is so much lacking in there. So I'm going to read mine. Again, I don't think that this is very good either because I, I couldn't, I wanted it to be short and this isn't very, this is short, not, not great. But after the queen tries to murder her for being the fairest one of all, Snow White escapes into the forest. Through the help of her animal friends and the seven dwarves, she can triumph over the evil queen and remain the fairest of them all. Uh, that was good. Oh, thank you. That, so yeah. that's, you know, it at least has a little bit more in there other than nothing that the Disney yeah. gives me. Literally nothing. I mean, it is very important to note that this is the full length, the first full length animated film to come out of the Walt Disney Company and they do say that in the very short Disney Plus synopsis and I appreciate that but other than that doesn't tell us much so you know with that being said summary aside I have so much to say about Snow White and 
you guys won't necessarily be hearing this. However, I'm already stumbling over my words. So I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to let Adina talk about what wine we are drinking today. And then we're going to start drinking and see if I stumble over more words. I was going to say, because, you know, drinking makes it easier to speak. I acknowledge my problems here. Great. Okay. So um, I have chosen the Fetzer Gewurztraminer. Uh, I really hope I pronounced that correctly. Otherwise, I'm very sorry. Um, So I'm going to read the back of the bottle first. In 1968, Barney Fetzer's hard work and pioneering nature revolutionized California winemaking. Based on Barney's belief that what's good for the earth is good for the wine, Fetzer continues its heritage of sustainable farming, energy conservation, and social responsibility. With flavors of honeyed apricots and fresh peach, Fitzgewurtz is a secret weapon for taming spicy foods and enhancing simple ones. Oh, just kidding. My bottle says enchancing. Hey, my bottle says enchancing too. What the hell is enchancing? I need to have a word with Fetzer's (laughs) PR people, apparently. What is it? I'm like, I, did I read? (laughs) Cause I, you know, enchanting is what I thought I was reading. And I'm like, Uh that doesn't make any sense. All right. Enchancing. Is that a word? I don't know. Let's look it up. I look that up. Let's yeah. We got to already have a side note. We're how many minutes in? I don't know. Too many. Enhancing. Not a word. It says showing results for enhancing. Ooh, enhancing. So we have enhancing. We have enhancing or enchanting. I think they were going for enhancing. Because it says taming spicy foods and enhancing simple ones. Like that makes sense. And I'll explain to you why um i picked this wine now you may be thinking like why did i pick a california wine why did you pick a california why did wine? i pick a, I, that was not my intention i searched high and low for a german gewurztraminer because while it is best known and most successful in france's alsace region it is prominent in germany oh it most certainly is Oh, yes. Uh, I've been to Germany and I've had Gewurztraminer in Germany. It's basically like it's their table wine. Like oh, you, yep. it's Rachel knows she was. <laughs> Rachel's gone to Oktoberfest. I was going to have entire tents dedicated to wine. You have your beer tents, but you also, if you're not feeling the beer, go to the wine tent. It's classy. And you're just going to drink wine that I can't pronounce. And that's pretty much what I said to the wonderful people working at Oktoberfest. Give me one Hmm. wine I can't pronounce. Great. (laughs) Um, Okay. So as you heard, it is a German wine. Gordstraminer is a white wine. So there are several immediate reasons why you could presume why I picked this wine, but I'm going to lay them out for you. Thank you. First of all, it is a white wine. Snow White needed a white wine. I did toy with the idea of picking a red wine because her lips are as red as a rose, but I... I had difficulty finding a German red wine in LA. Yeah, that makes sense. Gorstraminer is a very common varietal in Germany, and it is assumed that the movie takes place in Germany. The third reason is when searching wines, I came across this one on BevMo, and many of the people described it as grown-up apple juice. Whoa. So... It Sorry, smells, I just, I just no, put my nose like into apple. the bottle. Yeah, no, I did the same thing. 
it, it smells does. it smells like caramelized apples it totally smells like okay we've gone to gopher glen which is an apple orchard here in san luis obispo you and i went we did an apple taste, tasting this smells like the building of gopher glen it does um okay so let's pour ourselves instead of just wine. sitting here huffing out of a bottle okay um i have some more fun facts about this wine uh but i think we need to taste it first so before I drink, I just want to say cheers. Cheers. And let's 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 try this bad boy. It tastes like apple cider. <laughs> it's literally apple cider. What is this? Did you Look, just get me some Martinelli's? Like I I don't think that all gourds are are this like apple-y. I don't know. It's very it it's super sweet. I don't like wines that are typically this sweet. It's it's fine. I didn't have the highest of hopes for this wine, but I'm I'm pleasantly surprised. So I have a couple of fun facts just about gourd streaminers. Um, first of all, in Germany, gourd streaminers often come in a one liter bottle as opposed to a 750 mil, which is very interesting. I don't know why that is, um, but this particular bottle has like a very long neck as opposed to a regular bottle. Yeah. Um, it's funny because when I was looking at this wine and when I placed the order, uh, it was a pink bottle. And then I went to pick it up and it was a green bottle. So I'm glad yours is also a green bottle. You're right. It was kind <laughs> of pink when I ordered I was it. very confused when I picked it up. Okay. So about Gordstraminer, it is an aromatic wine grape variety used in white wines and performs best in cooler climate. In English, it is sometimes referred to colloquially as Gewurz, although this is never the case in German because Gewurz means herb or spice in German. So if you are in Germany, do not order a Gewurz glass of wine because it will come out strange. Uh, and Rachel, to your point saying you want cheese, I did look up what kind of foods and snacks would go well Ooh, with tell me, tell me, tell me. So this is from Food and Wine Magazine, which of course oh. I trust. Gordstraminer pairs well with classic Alsace cuisine, a rich tart flambe made with ham and gruyere, for instance. However, American Gordstraminers tend to be less dense and unctuous, though they typically have a touch of sweetness on the finish and a delicate spiciness. Pair them with Asian foods of all kinds. Dang it, I made amazing Asian food last night and actually tasting this this would actually go very well with the dinner that I made last night I'm a little disappointed I didn't try it until right now but I'm next also time. I know next time I make this I'm totally going to do that because I completely can see how this would really balance some like Asian spices mm -hmm. and totally like it says where's where's my bottle I lost it already it definitely could tame some spicy foods and I can see how it would enchant enchant the simple ones. I've Before we get into facts, something that I did a deep dive on is I wanted okay. to get us into the right headspace for talking about this movie because without this movie, we wouldn't have so much of what we have today. So it's really hard for me to like think about what was life like before this movie came out or right around this movie came out. So I did a wonderful deep dive into the year 1938 so that you and I, Adina, can imagine our lives in 1938 and imagine how this must have been to see this movie in 1938. Hmm. I'm going to start with something that I just find great. Uh, well, one, if you didn't know, I hope you know, 
our president at that time was FDR. So mm -hmm. that is who is leading us through 1938. So I looked up the average cost of a lot of things in 1938. Oh, fun. <laughs> so again, I want to like imagine what, what life was like. So the average cost to rent a home oh, in 1938 was $27 a month. Where? Just that was the U.S. average okay. cost. All right. Which means it takes into account places like New York, LA. Mm -hmm. It also takes in places into account like the Dust Bowl of Oklahoma that was very much hit by the depression. So I will say that it wasn't all across the board, $27, but good to know. It, it gets better. Oh, um, you and I, Adina, just bought new cars last year. Yes, we did. Uh, I don't know how much your car was. I know how much my new car was. Um, however, the average cost of a new car in 1938 seven hundred and sixty three dollars it was a lot more than that it was a <laughs> lot more than that oh my down payment was more than that everything was more than that yep. um and to go with that a gallon of gas would be 10 cents um so uh, yeah damn. so here's the kicker the <laughs> average cost of a new home in 1938 three thousand nine hundred dollars cool yeah um <laughs> Just add a couple more zeros and we'll get to where we're at today. I mean, look, there were a lot of other problems of being a person in, in 1938. So I like, am so glad you said that because if you were sitting thinking to yourself right now, listening to Rachel talk, you know what? Let's go back to 1938. We got Snow White. Also, the very first appearance of Superman happened in 1938 in Action Comics okay. number one. Um, so if you're sitting there thinking, you know, FDR is president, look how cheap all this shit is. Superman, lest we forget, Adolf Hitler was Time Magazine's person of the year in 1938. Mm -hmm. So did you also read that he very much enjoyed this movie? Yeah. So mm -hmm. if, yeah, yeah. Um, to be honest, I have some feelings about the year 1938. Um, do you know? <laughs> I do. But I just thought it was really interesting to look back because again, just like try and think of how life could have been through all of this. You're, you've just gotten through the depression. You're about to get involved into World War II. And all of a sudden, this movie, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, one of the first animated movies, there's never been animated movies like this before, comes out and you get to see this whole new world. Um, finally, in case you were wondering, I checked this too. Uh, Betty White is older than, <laughs> than Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. She was born in 1922. She's coming up on her, she's 98 right now, coming up on her 100th birthday in a couple of years. So Betty White, you are stronger than 1938. And that is impressive. Wow. Damn. Mm -hmm. that, now, was, I, that must've been a fun deep dive for you. I had too, I wrote too many things and I like had to cross them out because I was like, this is unnecessary to talk about the socioeconomic problems of the time. Really? Why? <laughs> you know, you don't think that this is what our listeners want to hear? I don't think our <laughs> listeners want to hear me talk about what societal things happened to get yeah. us to 1938. Um, mm -hmm. I have a lot of other things kind of talking about the legacy that happens with Snow White, but I just feel... This episode is probably going to be a lot different than our previous episodes. There's just, we all know the story of Snow White. Without reading the Disney Plus synopsis, we all know the story of Snow White. So I think it's more important 
to talk about everything there is to know about Snow White and the movie itself Mm -hmm. um, while getting drunk to this German wine I can't pronounce. (laughs) That is really sweet. (laughs) You know what? It is no. apple, it's, it's apple juice. It's, it's literally grown like grown up apple juice. It's boozy al- apple juice. So if you want some boozy apple juice while your kids have some, you know, if you don't like wine that much, or you only like sweet wines, this, this is, is definitely it. the wine for you. Yeah, I there are so many facts of this movie. Yeah, on the IMDb page on the internet. So I just pulled a few of my favorites. Cool. And um, by a few, I mean a lot. And then I also went on a deep dive, but we're gonna get to that in a second. Perfect. So my first fun fact is none of the voice actors are credited in this movie. Uh, I was waiting for that because obviously the credits come in the beginning of the movie. That that was the the time. That's what you did in the 30s. And they don't say who plays whom. And I found that kind of messed up. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, again, you would think Again, they're voice actors, but they are still the actors that gave these characters life. Like if you just saw a silent movie of Snow White, it'd be good. But the fact that you hear Snow White freaking sing like that amazing music that I'm so sorry, I could not stop singing like Snow White for like two hours after watching this movie. Sure, Ian loved that. Speaking of a silent movie. Thank you. Walt Disney was inspired to have this be the full, his first full length animated movie because when he was a teenager in 1917, he attended a special movie screening for Newsboys. It was a silent film of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And then that inspired him to 20 years later, bring out Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And I just, I think that that's really fun. I like that. That's a good fun fact. Um, Going back to how much things cost you've you've already laid out how much a house costs how much a car costs (laughs) so this movie was initially budgeted at a quarter of a million dollars that is a lot of money back then it's a lot of money now but like (laughs) it's a lot of money for inflation (laughs) it's a lot of money when your house costs you less than four thousand dollars correct um but due to various delays this movie took three years to make It ended up costing $1.5 million to make. And Walt Disney had to mortgage his home to finance the production. What's even crazier is the fact that Roy Disney and Walt's wife, Lillian, tried multiple times to talk him out of this. They, everyone in Hollywood, everyone in the area said that this is a bad idea. This is Disney's folly was what people called Mm -hmm. Snow White because of the exact thing you said. Yeah. They were convinced it was going to fail, but clearly Walt saw the bigger picture. Uh, So adjusting for inflation, this is the highest grossing animated film of all time. And that's incredible. Oh, absolutely. And it's in the top 10 at the performers at the box office period. That includes Mm -hmm. things. The only thing that like took away its lead was like gone with the wind is something that took away the lead, but animated is number one and it's top 10 of all time. When things cost you 10 cents to go get gas, how many people had to go and see this movie for it to be that much of a box office success? It's incredible. I'm surprised you didn't look up the cost of a movie ticket in 1938. I'm surprised I didn't look up the cost of a movie ticket in 1938. I'm disappointed with myself. I'm really disappointed. I could have done some really great math, but I didn't. This, I think, is my favorite one of the facts, and I want to make sure to say it before I forget. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, again, we talk about the legacy that Snow White has on everything afterwards, really. And to me, this is my favorite one, that Snow White was the first American film to have a soundtrack album. Before that, it was unheard of to have a soundtrack. And now you think about what that means. I mean, the the first thing that comes to my mind is fucking Hans Zimmer performs at Coachella. These people who create these incredible sound, like soundtracks that people will just listen to and you get immersed into a film and people will separately just, I don't need to watch Harry Potter. I can just listen to the music and that will take me to these other places. And before that, the idea of having a soundtrack that accompanied your movie was completely unheard of. So I just, I can't help but think if we didn't have Snow White, would we still get soundtracks the way that we do now? It was a way for people to really connect back to those songs and the music, which I, I wrote later on. It just, it really, the, the soundtrack is incredible. Like the, the timing of it, it's just, it's so, it's beautiful. And it, it really immerses you into the film. It really does. And it goes to show again, like Walt has this big picture that other people can't see that like, say what you want about Walt Disney. He really could create something that really, again, you, I felt like I was in a German forest. I genuinely thought that I could just stumble around and see a little cottage that has dwarfs in it because I could put myself exactly in that position. And the scenes that are scary, the music is terrifying. The scenes that are happy, the music is so jolly and jovial. It's amazing. But yeah, I, I am so happy that they did eventually release this soundtrack album and that they pushed for this because people were like, you want to do what now? Okay. You spoke about the dwarfs. They are adorable. Did you know that 50 ideas for dwarfs' names and personalities were listed in the film's proposal? I wrote down my favorites. Did you write down your favorites? I just wrote, I I wrote down the whole list. Oh my God. Uh, I wrote my favorites. Not the whole list. Like the ones that were, I could find on IMDb. So the list of all the names finally included, except for Dopey and Doc. Uh, Dopey was the last name to be developed so some of the dwarfs were awful he steals and drinks and is very dirty biggie wiggy blabby deefy dirty gabby gaspy gloomy hoppy jumpy hotsy jaunty nifty and shifty fun fact on top of the fun fact, Sneezy was a last-minute replacement for Deefy. Could you imagine if Deefy was one of the dwarfs? <laughs> Personally, my favorite, because I just think all of these names are, like, it's so insane, but really at the end of the day, like, we have Grumpy. Like, we have these kind of funny names, so it shouldn't be that funny. It's only funny because we don't have it. Just my favorite names that I had. So I made my little list of favorites. So uh, Jumpy, Wheezy. Mm-hmm. Baldy, which basically is dopey, but whatever. These last two are my favorites. Tubby. Can you just oh, imagine a dwarf named Tubby? <laughs> I love Tubby. I mean, they're all kind of Tubby. Let's they all are, exactly. So I guess he'd be like extra tub, which like hashtag COVID dwarf. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and then my last favorite one, just because like I would love to hear this. Like really, this was considered burpee. 
Like really, we're going to have a burpee. Yeah. So that I, <laughs> I appreciate you listing more of them because I only wrote down my favorites. So my next fact, I'm going to turn it into a twofer and it's, it's about the same thing. So as hopefully everybody knows, however, if you don't know, as Adina alluded to, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves is not the first instance of the story of Snow White. This is a fairy tale. One could say a tale as old as time. Different movie, I know. This version is based on the 1812 fairy tale by the Brothers Grimm. And the Brothers Grimm have done many of the Disney movies that we know and love today. They just do things a little bit differently. So the... the just a little bit. <laughs> the only thing that I'm going to add to this one, and I will... I, save my my other fact that I'm going to save my number three is going to be a two-parter to this one mm. so the first thing I'm going to say is the age of Snow White so she is uh in the Disney movie 14 let's yep. just take all that in she's 14 however Disney decided that actually they made her 14 Snow White is actually not originally 14 years old they thought that her original age really wasn't going to sell well to people. So the, huh. or, the original age of Snow White is seven. Yikes. Snow White is seven years old. Now think of this entire movie. Think of the story of Snow White through the lens of this girl is seven. Nope, don't want to. And they, the animators were asked to make her age like kind of ambiguous, but make her look as though she could be of marriage age. Mm-hmm. 14 is not of marriage age sorry Mm-mm. neither is seven that's really terrifying yeah i i was shocked with that and in addition the way the queen dies is also a little bit different in the brothers uh-huh. Grimm. how the queen dies in the original brothers Grimm story is that as the prince and snow white are getting married the queen had asked the mirror one final time, who is the fairest one of all? He says there is a bride who is more fair than she is. She finds out it's Snow White. She goes. The prince, who figures out all of this stuff that's happening, decides that the queen should die by wearing shoes that are made out of iron that have been sitting on hot coals, and he makes her dance to death. Mm-hmm. And that is how the queen dies in the Brothers Grimm. Again, pretty gruesome. I'm not surprised. I'm sure we will discuss other Brothers Grimm fairy tales as we watch the Disney versions. Yes. But knowing what I know, this is not surprising to me. No. It's horrifying. And the fact that it is a children's story makes it even more horrifying, but not surprising. No. Since we are on the Queen... Yes. I'm going to talk about her voice actress, Lucille Laverne. Please. Uh, She is both the voice of the Wicked Queen and also the Old Witch. Now, while she was at the recording session, Lucille was told by Walt Disney's animators that they needed an older, raspier voice for the Old Witch. Lucille stepped out of the recording booth, returned a few minutes later, and gave a perfect, quote unquote, old hag's voice that stunned the animators. When asked how she did it, she replied, oh, I just took my teeth out. Uh, yup. <laughs> I, oh, mm. Killing it, Lucille. 
<laughs> Wowza. I did not see that. And wowee, like that is some dedication. I'm just going to take my teeth out a second. I mean, I know they're not her real teeth, but who the hell cares? I'm just going to take my teeth out and do this voice without my teeth in. So that she could play two parts. Well, girl getting paid for two parts. Good, good for her. But she doesn't get the credit. No. And it bothers me. I also have a problem with... You know, Walt Disney asked that the the voice actress who played Snow White uh, not do any other voice acting after this movie so that Snow White's voice could remain pure to Snow White. So she became an opera singer. Oh, good for her. I mean, and terrible, but, you know, you know, men telling women what they can and can't do. But, for, good, you know, good for she her. only got paid $970, but it's fine. She could get a new car with that. My final fact, and I have two that I'm debating between, but I think this one's better i might bring up the other one at it's okay point. i have i have my i still have my deep dive to come and oh, it good. includes lots of other facts so good. we can if you want to keep bouncing stuff off we can keep going cool go for it again i i like thinking about the legacy of everything and like what this movie means and what we would and wouldn't have so this movie was the first Disney movie to be preserved in the national film registry in the library of congress which is Super cool. Amazing that this movie is being preserved by the Library of Congress as basically it has incredible cultural implications because it exists. Uh, There are actually four other Disney movies that are included in the National Film Registry in the Library of Congress. So in the order that they were added, Fantasia, Pinocchio, Beauty and the Beast, and Bambi, which like one way to go beauty and the beast like you are killing it because all of these movies came out in like the 30s 40s 50s and you beauty and the beast came out in the 90s and Mm -hmm. you are in the library of congress holy shit but also bambi i would why bambi after beauty and the beast that's my question why pinocchio after fantasia oh pinocchio came out before fantasia fantasia i get beauty and the beast i get pinocchio i get Bambi? Maybe I just, maybe we just need to rewatch Bambi because I don't think I've seen it in a very long time. So Rachel, did you know that Disney released a golden anniversary of Snow White in 1987 hosted by Dick Van Dyke? Oh, please tell me more. Uh, So it was filmed at Disneyland. It was a one hour special, which means with commercials, it was 43 minutes. And did I watch the entire 43 minute special on YouTube? You bet I did. Well, I was about to say, where is this and how can I watch it? YouTube, here I come. I watched it on my iPad mini, which honestly I think is the largest screen I could have watched it on because the quality is so poor. Makes sense. So before I get into the things that I learned about the special, there are two things just to immediately note. Number one, Dick Van Dyke is fantastic. Yeah. I, I, obviously, no, like he's fantastic in this. He okay. dances. <gasps> Oh. Um, but second, the dwarfs talk and they're like in the costumes that you can like take pictures with them no. at Disneyland, but they're talking and it confuses me so much. No, I don't like that. I don't like the sound of that. I, I don't like it. I, I don't like it at all. But oh, so it's kind of like a variety, like power hour type thing, like there is an actress who's playing the evil queen and she has really ridiculously long fingernails because Ugh. it's the eighties. The guy who plays George Jefferson is the magic mirror. 
there is a song at the end like they sing like someday my prince will come some like famous actress who has been on broadway sang it and then there's like when they're when they're going through like whistle while you work they have all of these actors who are like very famous at the time come on and like sing really terribly oh my god so there are a couple of things that i learned in this i'm gonna only just share two okay because i don't want to go on such a super long rant (laughs) so the first uh is about the animation of it and i found this so fascinating there were two million individual drawings made for this movie 750 artists and 1,500 paint colors and shades wow. that were used in the creation of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And I, it's just, it's fascinating because you look at this and you're you, like, you look at this compared to a movie that, an animated movie that came out today from the Walt Disney Company. Mm-hmm. And you're like, this was all done on computers. Snow White was all done by hand. And it's amazing. It really is. That's something that like, I stopped the movie at certain parts to just take in how beautiful this movie truly is. Like, is the animation different? So I think the last like 2D that we have is like Princess and the Frog, which I love Princess and the Frog. But so like, we can kind of compare those two movies of a very modern 2D movie and the very old initial Snow White. And there is just some beautiful moments in Snow White that are so gorgeous when you see the cottage when you're going through the forest when you see like snow white herself like it's gorgeous yes and like if you look at snow white's cheeks they are painted on by like makeup artists like that's actual rouge on her cheek in every single drawing of snow white like that's real makeup it's incredible my other favorite slash least favorite thing they showed us some scenes that were cut from the movie that was super cool oh the one scene i'm gonna call out like they it's it's only like partially animated it's just like the drawings it's not in full color so there's an entire scene cut after Snow White makes the soup and after everybody washes up, there's a song about the dwarfs eating and singing about the soup called Music in Your Soup. Some fun things to note about Music in Your Soup. Dopey swallows a spoon during it. Oh, good. And the spoon and the soap from the previous scene are then removed from Dopey's stomach because Happy kicks him in his butt. Um, not how that works. No. Since it was already like fully drawn out, There were talks of including it in some sort of a sequel that did not come to the light. There was also a scene where the dwarves construct a bed for Snow White along with all of the woodland creatures. Um, It's super cool. Both of these are fully animated, just not in color, but they're in pencil and it's called pencil test sequences. So this was super cool to watch. I I definitely (laughs) want to see those scenes. That's amazing. That's really, really cool. It's super cool. And I mean, I do want to watch it because like, come on, Dick Van Dyke, I would want to just see a little, a little tidbit of The quality is just very poor. I mean, I can't expect much from the 80s. So 80s. Oh my gosh. Is it so 80s? I wonder if there will be a Snow White 100th anniversary special in 2037. Who knows? Oh my gosh. Right? Oh God, I'll be old then. (laughs) oh i don't want to think about that but i mean i guess snow white would be a little older but uh i bet there will be yeah exactly i bet i totally bet there will be yeah so that was my deep dive i watched it last night and 
I was halfway through and I was like, why am I still watching this? And then I had fully committed at that point. So oh, yeah, you got to finish it at that point. Yeah. Awesome. I'm really glad that you hadn't seen that. No, that's just that's I went on that on that that's, journey alone. That's perfect. I know. I <laughs> so like that. That was uh, the golden anniversary of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs hosted by Dick Van Dyke. My final fun fact before we get into the movie, and this is just something that if you've been to Disneyland, if you've been to Carthay Circle at Disneyland, you've seen this before, but at the 11th, let's take that in, 11th Academy Awards in February 1939, Shirley Temple presented Walt Disney with an honorary Academy Award with one regular sized Oscar and seven dwarf ones and the picture is adorable of Shirley Temple presenting this and cutest thing ever (laughs) it's really adorable and it's again it's hanging there's a big picture of it in Carthay Circle in California Adventure so that was the last thing I just wanted to say and with that I'm gonna get into the movie we can start kind of talking about our thoughts we already have so much we'll see we've already said so many thoughts my first initial thought upon seeing the credits roll Mm-hmm. Rachel, why do you think it is dwarfs and not dwarves? I'm so happy you said that. So actually, before uh, J.R.R. Tolkien wrote The Lord of the Rings, it actually, there wasn't a common way of spelling it. And dwarves with an F was a totally fine, acceptable way to say dwarfs. Whereas when J.R.R. Tolkien got out his initial books, Uh, He introduced the term dwarves with a V and that stuck around. So prior to this time, it was a totally acceptable way of spelling it. And then we can thank Lord of the Rings for changing the spelling of that. No, another thing about the credits is that Walt has a little thank you note to everybody who worked on the movie, because as we said, everybody thought this was going to fail. And like, just Walt was like, no guys stay behind me it's just I I think it's very heartwarming that he has a note to the whole crew I and I really like like I I know the credits are at the beginning of movies in older movies but I I really like that it's like the last thing that you see before you get into the actual movie itself like it's this beautiful thing he didn't save it for the very very end of the movie like you're about to see the movie begin and you see this thank you. And I thought the exact same thing, but like, what a wonderful, wonderful thing for him to say thank you. Because yeah, everyone was like, well, you're going to fail. And he's basically, this is a big like middle finger to everybody who said he's going to fail and a big warm hug to everyone who helped him out during all of this. Exactly. So the movie starts and my first note is really depressing and it goes to show how little I remember about the movie because oh, I wrote, wait, the stepmother is the queen. I didn't realize that the evil queen <laughs> and that there was a stepmother and that they're the, all the same person in this movie. I was like, okay, so it's like Snow White. I didn't know that she was like a princess because she was a princess. I thought she was a princess because of a prince. And so I was just like, okay, oh, gosh. So, <laughs> stepmother and the queen being the same person. And I <sighs> paused it five seconds into the movie saying, I know nothing about Snow White. We are brought right into her as a scullery maid. And I'm like, what the hell is a scullery maid? That's what I said. And fun fact, okay. if, you look, if you look up Snow White on Wikipedia... Like the character, it says occupation, 
scullery scullery maid. maid. Yeah. Hilarious. My one note about her as a scullery maid is she is legit wearing clogs while doing housework. I don't think I've ever noticed this. And it would make her running away from the prince much noisier than it is in the actual movie. Oh, I wish we had an actual like clip clop -clop of her running away in wooden clogs. So we see the stepmother. It opens to the stepmother. It opens with the, yes. Talking to the mirror. And I don't know if you noticed this, but I, as a child, definitely didn't notice this. The details around the mirror are the zodiac signs. So there's 12 different symbols that go around the entire mirror and they are the 12 signs of the Zodiac, which will come into play later on down the road as well. But I just was like, this is interesting. So of course the phrase we all know, magic mirror on the wall, who is the fairest of them all? One of the most misquoted lines in movie history, because people just say mirror, mirror on the wall. Incorrect. It is not. Absolutely. Um, Okay, so after we meet the evil queen, find out she hates Snow White, we meet Snow White, she finds the prince. We never learn the prince's name. No, we do not. No, he's not even called Prince Charming. He's just the prince. Yes. And there is a common misconception that Snow's prince is Prince Ferdinand. And that is because there was a short that played before Snow White called Ferdinand and the Bull. Uh, so that is why people over the years have thought that he is Prince Ferdinand. Say oh, it for Rachel the people in the back. Here's what, okay, here we go. <laughs> Rachel went to a bridal shower one time and there was a oh bridal party game. You hear that wine, everybody? You hear that wine? I'm pouring the wine because oh. Rachel's spilling the tea. There was a bridal party game. And it was match the Disney character and their prince and or significant other. And there was Prince Ferdinand on there. And I said, "Mm -mm, there's there's nobody. There's no Prince Ferdinand. And the person who was leading it was not as much of a Disney fan as myself or the bride. Um, And she's like, well, the answer sheet that I got said that this is the prince. I'm like, but that's wrong. I need you to know that that's wrong. Anyway. I won my bridal shower game because I was Good. probably a little too annoying and they're just like, give this girl a prize. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we anyway, meet prince. So we meet the prince who I I think he's in a total of less than three minutes of the movie. Apparently he was supposed to be more woven into the storyline, but the animators did not like drawing him because he was too complicated. So they cut his part very tiny. I'm not surprised that they didn't like drawing him because looking at this prince, oh. he's a little, he looks beautiful actually is what I wrote is that he looks beautiful. He has some creepy oh, lips. Yeah. They all have creepy uh-huh. lips. I don't like Oh, they all lips. have creepy lips and they all have big eyes. Yeah. the It's definitely a stylized, but um, I could tell they did not like drawing the prince because the prince does not look like a macho man Flynn Rider style prince. He looks like a very beautiful version of Snow White with look, short brown but hair. But that was what was attractive back then. Like what we think of attractive males now in the 21st century, very different to the 20th century. Then the the queen is obviously very angry that someone has taken a, a liking to Snow White. So she calls in a huntsman and asks that he kill Snow White and bring her Snow's heart as proof. Now, obviously I have a lot of problems with this, but the thing that I don't have a problem with is the queen's throne. 
it's a peacock it's a peacock and it is a badass so oh my god it's gorgeous and there's this crest on it with suns and snakes and like yeah if i had a throne and i was obsessed with beauty yeah i'd pick a peacock i mean i she has this box that she wants the huntsman to put the heart into which like does she have boxes for all different occasions because this box just so happens to have a heart with a knife sticking through it on the box again though let's all just remember that snow white is seven the original snow white no, is seven. the original snow white is seven this, this snow, snow white, white is, is a teenager Who which cares? like either way you're gonna ask this huntsman to cut out some preteen or seven-year-old's heart look there That's are some... he doesn't want to do that that there's some crap stepmothers in Disney lore. Yeah. So the huntsman has to cut out her heart. And so the huntsman and Snow White go on this beautiful outdoor outing, basically, where they're to just pick flowers to pick some flowers. And okay, so the huntsman and Snow White go out to pick some flowers. because That's fine. Her bodyguard to pick the flowers. Yeah, I don't know. And so he comes up to her. She gets scared. In the original Brothers Grimm fairy tale, she pleads with him saying, don't kill me, don't kill me, just let me go. And he says, fine, because he assumes she's just going to die in the forests. So Mm. this nice huntsman that in the goodness of his heart doesn't want to murder a 14-year-old, that's not how the original goes. But I actually wrote, before I knew that, because I found that out after, I wrote, huh, the huntsman is actually kind of okay. He sets her free. But what if she dies? So I just kind of had this thought that he was like, eh, she's going to die anyway. Right. Like he he doesn't want to be directly involved with her death. If he is inadvertently involved with her death, he's fine. Like if it's. He has an alibi at that point. He has an alibi. If it's manslaughter by like accidental manslaughter, he's fine with it. But if it is first degree murder, like it was plotted. He's yeah. not okay with he that. He doesn't. He doesn't. He literally does not want her blood on his hands. No. So Snow White escapes and goes into what one can easily say is one of the scariest scenes in a Disney movie. Nightmare. I'm sorry. Like, I was kind of afraid of the dark as a kid. I always slept with the nightlight. She's in the middle of a very dark forest. So, yes, presumably all of these non-threatening things look extremely scary. Like, yes, logs would look like alligators. Yes, the trees would look like monsters. I get it. Like, it's scary. It's a terrifying scene. And like, again, realizing that I remembered nothing about this movie, the Snow White Scary Adventure ride at Disneyland makes a lot more sense. And now I understand why it's so scary. You know that it is supposed to be as though you are Snow White living through the movie yeah why it ends like it originally ended with like nothing like that makes sense and then they had to paint the mural at the end with the happy snow white and the prince living happily ever after so you're not walking away like oh apparently i just died so so she runs through the forest it's terrifying she falls down wait yes she oh snow she falls down Yes. And I personally can very much relate to Snow getting so overwhelmed that she just breaks down on the floor crying. <laughs> like, uh, that is the ultimate mood of 2020 and that, adulthood in general. <laughs> oh, 100%. That is literally, I've done that. 
on multiple occasions this year of the, yep. not even my, I don't make it to the bed people. No, I the floor. floor and I just collapse and I just kind of lay there and my cat a woodland creature will come up to me and kind of nudge me to make sure I'm still alive. Oh, I don't have that. I just have Adam who will pick me up off the kitchen floor. Cause that's good. Things get overwhelming. Anyway, this movie. So she collapses she collapses the woodland creatures surround her okay these woodland creatures this movie right here all all of a sudden i had a light bulb moment of this movie movie gave me unrealistic expectations about animals i am i now realize where all of my original thoughts of like i'm gonna befriend every animal i've ever seen in my entire life now i know where that all stems from it is this movie it is this scene where she's just surrounded by animals coming up and just like chirping with her and being nice and yep. being cute and adorable and goddamn do disney animators know how to make the cutest animal in the world they're all just so adorable did you know that walt had real animals wandering around the property so that when the animators got stuck they could go look at these real creatures and be like oh yeah that's what they would look like if they did this thing probably not great for the animals however damn did that work because those it was the 30s like it's there's a lot questionable as we discussed (laughs) they're so cute cute. and i just I literally like I have pictures of me as a child in Yosemite seeing a chipmunk and like scooching as close to this chipmunk as I could possibly get. I don't have food in my hand. I'm just trying to pet a wild animal. Does it have like fucking rabies? Probably. And my parents are letting me do it because it's the 90s. But I am just like <laughs> because the 90s. Because it's the 90s. But accurate. I realize how I am like something that is wired within my brain is because of this scene and this Mm -hmm. movie and how she is with animals. And that's absolutely, I had a free therapy session watching this movie. Okay. So eventually the animals show snow to the dwarf's house and she knocks on the door, gives approximately three seconds to answer the door, which it takes me longer than three seconds to answer the door, but whatever. She walks into this house where everything is carved into an animal like i'm immediately like taken aback by the stairs having eyeballs they're owls it's scary looking oh no i get I it. it i want it no so at this point you know snow's wandering around she thinks that this is a house with children and then she's like oh look at this little thing oh look at this thing oh look at the pickaxe on the table they're children why would you not be extremely concerned that children have a pickaxe on the table i don't know i loved that moment because it was just (laughs) like oh look at the little chair and she does the cute like there's a great gif of her like sitting down into the chair that i use all the time but like the gifts from this movie so many she like sits in her oh a little chair a little table a little thing a little a child-sized pickaxe yay then she you know we go into iconic whistle while you work Mm -hmm. there are a lot of peculiar things that are shown including there's a candlestick where this man is like on his back with his feet up in the air holding the candlestick holder with his feet i took a photo of it so um i'll share that with you now so you can just be as confused as i am because like what i what it doesn't play into the animal motif it doesn't it doesn't do 
it's just weird. I don't know. Like, I think that's like a very Bavarian right there to just have some sure. weird ass shit like All carved right. into wood. Now we are introduced to the dwarfs. Uh, you know, they're they're trying to sneak up um, and there's a lot of hilarity to that scene. I'm immediately wondering who are these dwarfs? Are they brothers? Do they all just live together because they work together? How did they get the same job? Were dwarfs just commonly used for mining? Is that something that just happened? Like, what am I missing here? I know. I had so many questions also with the amount of gems that oh. are in those mines. How are these dwarves not just like making Filthy it rich cash? I said they should be wealthy AF because though it's filled, it's filled with filled gems. So with who diamonds, are- rubies, emeralds, sapphires. They do say that they don't know, like in the song Hi Ho, which I like listen to the lyrics, they say that they don't know why they're doing what they're doing or what they're actually getting they just do it because they know to do it so it's like some instinct they have to go to the mines mine them and just shove them all in a little vault because they don't sell them they don't do anything they just chop down the little gem and shoves them into a vault i don't understand at all their relationship but all the only relationship i could wonder is so i'm assuming dopey's the youngest question mark i mean they're all old men so maybe he's just an old man who doesn't grow facial hair like he doesn't have any other hair on his body but he also seems like the smallest out of all of them i have a lot of questions yeah okay i'm just gonna ask you right now who's your who's your favorite who's your favorite dwarf oh my god happy i like bashful what it's so weird because like I, I'm not disrespecting your choice at all. Whoa. Okay. No, 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 like no, no. Sorry. No, 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 no. Choice. I'm just saying like it, all of them end in a Y except for Doc and Bashful. Yeah. So like, why, why Bashful? Like, why wouldn't they all just end in a Y? I get it. We already talked about the other names that were approached. Like, it's kind of fun to have them all end like, you know, dopey, happy, sneezy, grumpy. And then Doc is the leader. But like, then you have bashful, like it's less sing-songy. I don't know. I'm not dissing your choice. Sorry that I like the black sheep of the seven dwarves. He doesn't really he fit in. He is not the black sheep. Grumpy is clearly the black sheep of this. Which of this I'm so happy that you didn't say grumpy because I okay. I'm sorry. Grumpy is when a jerk. I and I hate when we go to Disneyland and there's so much grumpy merch. I can't like stand the grumpy merch at all. Like and- grumpy's not the best. Grumpy is not the best and Snow tries so hard to make him like her. And it's just like, look, you know, you're not, not everybody's going to like you, Snow White. You might as well learn this at this point in your life. Well, and just assume that somebody is named, he's named Grumpy. You should just assume that he's Grumpy. And then I'm jumping ahead. She makes him his whole own pie. Like, why? Oh my God. That was like the sweetest thing. I I also think that might have inspired some of my baking love is why I'm sure it did. But yeah, I I don't know. So Snow's asleep. And I will say though, the scene, I don't really like Dopey that much. I totally did as a kid, but now I don't really like, I did not like Dopey on this one. Oh my God. I think he's so precious. Mm -mm. I didn't really like him, but I will say the scene that he goes up the stairs and he he like sees Snow White and he thinks that she's like a monster dragon or whatever and runs back down. 
totally that redeems dopey in my eyes and makes him not the worst out of all of the dwarves so fun fact about dopey they auditioned many actors to do his voice but they couldn't find the right person so they figured instead of giving dopey the wrong voice they would just make him a mute that's really interesting yeah However, I do think he has a cast and he does have somebody he's he attributed does, but to him. All he says is like, ah! as he's falling down the stairs. Yeah. And I think he like, mm-hmm, when he's like trying to like. Right. Do- but he doesn't speak. No, that's really interesting. Um, I didn't realize. Yeah. It's super interesting. So yes, he goes upstairs. All these animals are jerks for not waking Snow up. I've just got to say, like the dwarfs are coming home. They don't wake her up. They just flee. Because she had a very terrible night the night She had a stressful day. Yeah, if I have a stressful day, ain't nobody coming in here and waking me up. I need this sleep for my mental health. And they thought that Snow needed sleep for her mental health. Snow White gets to know the dwarfs. She wakes up and she thinks they're all adorable, which, okay, that's cool and everything. Um, and they realize that like, she's making food and she says that she will make them food and she will kind of take care of the house, which, okay, whatever. Uh, but they have to wash up. I don't know how I feel about this scene because, um, what? So I will say that Grumpy does have some of the best lines of the movie. Like he's just, he is a grumpy old man. Yeah. Uh, when they're all like, you know, they're trying to figure out who slash what snow is. Um, cause apparently they don't know what a girl is. No, they do and not. And Grumpy goes, well, I'm a ginnum. <laughs> um, and then, you know, they're all introducing themselves. And then when they're all, you know, making fools of themselves, whatever. Mm-hmm. Grumpy says that they're all sputtering like a doodle bug. And it's quite cute. I mean, they, lines. W- they were sputtering like a doodle bug. That's very mm-hmm. adorable. Yeah. And then Doc says, duttering like doodle spuds or something like Doc is really cute. Doc, he's so cute. So it's at this point, they're about to wash up. I paused the movie to see how much is left. Um, It's longer than I thought. It's 83 minutes. It's like as long as a long movie. I mean, it's an hour hour and a half. It's not terrible. There's a lot of filler in the middle. There's a lot of filler in this movie, which is why I actually don't have tons of notes because like the actual things that happen... Not tons of notes on. I mean, you could, but. Yeah. The dwarfs who I will say are grown ass men. They are definitely uh, grown ass men. Are surprised that water is wet. They touch the water and they say, oh, it's wet. And I'm like, guys. How do they know what wet is? There is literally like a river or a lake, some body of water in front of their home that Grumpy later falls into. So they should know what water is. Did you have the closed captioning? closed captions turned on for this movie i did so as you know they're washing up sputtering when he goes says sputtering and i find that hilarious the lyrics of the washing song bother me make me slightly uncomfortable uh doc says the word taint and i understand it's short for it ain't which it's short for it isn't yeah but but there's a lot of taint in this i don't like it I don't like it. Look, it's 1937, 38. Let's assume everybody's way more innocent than we are now. But it's like, taint every fucking five seconds. I'm sorry. It bothers me. I remember like pausing this movie and being like, yep, that says by Disney Plus, like taint. subtitle says taint. 
Like this is good. This is great. Yeah. Good, clean, good, clean family fun. The the taint. Emphasis on the clean. <laughs> <laughs> Emphasis on the taint. Worshin up. <laughs> anyway, oh, so then it has been a very long forty five minutes since we have last seen the evil queen. Yes, it most certainly has. So she finds out, and here's something, again, this is going to be a little bit different than the Grim Fairy Tale, but I did look up how the Grim Fairy Tale goes as well. So the queen, you know, she just decides for some reason, because she's pretty fucking vain, to go back to the mirror and check in. She just wants to check in, see, make sure she's still the the fairest of them all. Maybe a really beautiful baby was born. Since yeah. the last time she checked. So she just a does, day ago. She just has to check, you know, she's aware of things. So she goes, ask the mirror. She finds out the Snow White is still alive. The mirror actually says where exactly to find Snow White. Like, Rude. damn, this mirror should be used for other things because he's pretty smart. So here's the difference. So she finds out through the huntsman that the heart that she has in the box is a pig's heart. Mm-hmm. Now, one like good job huntsman like you didn't just come back with nothing you, nothing, you put a yeah. heart like smart, okay smart dude and i assume he made some delicious bacon from the yeah pig that he killed totally um in the grim fairy tale what Uh-oh. is in the box is a heart liver and lungs of a boar which she then again assuming that they are snow white turns into a stew and eats ew cannibalism <laughs> ew so so she opens this she finds out that it's a uh, pig, pig heart. heart so she decides to take matters into her own hands because you can't trust anybody and yes i just kind of did a good like evil queen putting things into my own mr hands. burn style excellent excellent knowing you i do hope that you paused on the list of books that the evil queen has in her dungeon i 100 percent the did spines because um, um I own half of these books. <laughs> so I'm going to list off, list them off and you can tell me which ones you own. Astrology. Yep. Of course you do. Black arts. No. Good. Alchemy. Yes. Witchcraft. Yep. Black magic. <clears throat> yeah, I do. Disguises. I do not own disguises. I need that book. <laughs> Sorcery. Nope. And poisons. I don't, unfortunately, own poisons, or I guess fortunately for um, a lot of people. <laughs> the Black Magic book also has death written on the bottom part of the spine in gold. Um, but I also want to know, what's the difference between the Black Arts and Black Magic? Like, why do you need two different books? Now, I am so glad you asked. Because as, as you can see, I do not own both the Black Arts and Black Magic. So now, you don't know. i was going to say i don't know however i can make an assumption based off of my other witchcraft books that i do own now the fact that black (laughs) i'm sorry i've just shown rachel how much of this wine i have had um i mean i mean it's gonna tell no but you all you poured ian a a glass (laughs) I did not pour Adam. Adam will not like this wine. I don't. I don't think Ian will like this wine either. I poured it. I said, I like dropped it like a grenade. I'm like, I think it's too sweet. And I ran away and started recording. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't. I I, I don't think I said in the beginning of this recording that I did not have high hopes for this wine. Um, It's fine. I don't think I will be purchasing it again. I, I, I think I may put it at the bottom 
of the list of the wines that we've tried. I don't know. Would you put this below or above the sparkling Malbec? You know, I'll just say this. At least sparkling Malbec tasted like wine. Like this. Fair. This tastes like apple juice. It te- And the thing is, though, it, like it tastes like bad apple juice. Like it's not good enough. Like it would be. I some- like Gewurztraminer's from Germany. But yeah. This particular one. Again, I picked this one because people described it as grown up apple juice. It is. And we're talking about Snow White. Yeah, no, you haven't chose- even gotten to the apple, Rachel. We're so close. We're so close. Okay, no. I'm not going to go into my difference between Black Arts okay. and Black Magic. Okay. They need to be two separate books. But so she grabs disguises and yeah, she, she does. flip, 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 finds a peddler's disguise. Now, I yes. also wrote down peddler's disguise. As um, did I. But there she- were two missing ingredients on that were- list. And oh my gosh, so I write them all down. And then I, so she just first, the ingredients are written down and then she explains what they're each for. So I wrote down the- I'm so glad she did. I'm so glad she did because I was like, I was going to try to guess, but I did not have to. Rachel, please go ahead and explain. Do you and I want to switch off? Yeah. Do you want, do you want me to say the names and you say what they're for? Do you want to Sure. Let's do that. That sounds really fun. Okay. The first ingredient in Peddler's Disguise is mummy dust to make her old then you need the black of night to shroud her clothes then you add an old hag's cackle to age her voice of course you must then add a scream of fright to whiten her hair finally our last two ingredients that you need is first a blast of wind to fan her hate and finally, you must add and mix it all together with a thunderbolt. To mix it well. What type of recipe is this for disguise? All right. All right. I have a lot of questions. Number one, I'm going to suspend my reality just a smidgen. Please. I can understand where she would get a scream of fright from because she's terrifying. Mm-hmm. I could understand there are old hags that probably live in the the kingdom that she oh, like that she oversees okay black of night that comes in the nighttime right. blast wind thunderbolt that's just weather where the hell is she getting mummy dust up until this point we have not talked about any sort of magical creatures in any way shape or form but now we're expected mummies exist like um, what it's imported it's some imported ah, from Egypt, of, yeah, course. of course. Of course. I'm surprised. I can't see. I can suspend my reality and disbelief and all this shit. I can't though because the the images don't line up with um old hags cackle. That's the ingredient <laughs> that bothers me because like you hear a cackle, but then you see like this like liquid going through tubes and like dripping into her chalice, and that's apparently. A- that's the old hags like i get black of night fine get some black pepper crank 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 it in there like yes rachel how would you turn this into a recipe if you actually i'm so god i won't i I got excited but i won't do it no i just old hags cackle it's a lot yeah old hags cackle and mummy dust are the ones i have issues with so she makes this disguise and let me tell you, it works. It like, looks nothing like her except for the piercing green eyes. Yeah, which you would think because very like 
we think Harry Potter green eyes are very like you can recognize them, but whatever. So she decides to create a poison apple that she looks it up and it has sleeping death. And so she creates this poison apple, which is so fucking iconic. It is such a good look and man, like that look of the dripping coming down the Mm. apple. And then she turns it red. Her thought process behind this thing is that it's going to put Snow White into such a deep sleep that the dwarves will bury her alive. So she, she knows that this is not going to kill Snow White. And so she's putting her in a coma. And that the dwarves, unfortunately, she doesn't understand dwarves' rituals surrounding death because we find Hold out. On. No, 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 no. There's a reason that they There's do a- it this way. But I like it of that she uh, doesn't understand dwarves. I'm skipping an iconic scene just to get to this point. But like, she doesn't look up what the quote unquote antidote is to this poison. <laughs> until later. Until later. I'm sorry. That would be the first thing I would look up if I was an evil person casting a spell or making a potion for something. I'd be like, okay, so what can cure this? Is it reasonable? True love. That can be... while it ends up being while it ends up being romantic love it could be like brotherly love fatherly love it could be anything it doesn't specify in the book like no it it doesn't in fact any one of the dwarfs had kissed her like on the forehead or something probably would have been fine it would have because the official phrase that will release snow white is love's first kiss Ah, it's not true love it's not anything it's just a first kiss of love and love, okay, but like she kisses saying. the dwarfs, like not a kiss kiss, but like on the forehead. But they don't kiss her. Point. Fair. Okay, so now I'm going to go back to iconic musical scene of the dwarfs. Yes. I have a lot of questions about this whole scene. Like all of the instruments are shaped like animals. They are. The cello is like an owl. The recorder is a fish. Um, so you know they're all singing and it's it's joyous it's it's jubilant it's lovely and then you have like some notes from snow and the captions just said vocalizing (laughs) and i found that hilarious apparently yodeling is just really popular in in this movie here's my biggest problem with this this is the first time i noticed this and since you haven't brought it up i wonder if you noticed the dwarf's hands only have four fingers. A thumb and three and three I fingers. hate it. Snow has five fingers on each hand. Yeah, I did notice that. Um, I think it's probably going to go back to, I don't want to draw hands. If you ask any artist, they will say, I don't want to draw one hands. extra finger. Just it one. messes with the scale. Oh of my everything. God. What but bothers the first time I notice it. Yeah, I don't think we really notice it because now we see all their hands doing shit. So they have this beautiful dancing scene and then Snow White goes in and sings a song to the dwarves of Someday My Prince Will Come. Mm, It's so beautiful. Such a beautiful song. Like, I know that Snow White has a different style voice than we are used to hearing right now. it, It is her voice. Like, that is... If you it, heard that, you would know that's Snow White. It's so, which is it's, why, yeah, it's it's so distinct. But that's again, that's why Walt did not want her doing any other voice acting. Which I mean, as terrible as it is, I get it. 
Like that's such, it's so beautiful, but don't tell her what she can and can't do, but I get it, but I get get it. it. I I get it. I get it. So after this beautiful scene, we're brought back to the evil dungeon and this queen, I know her character's name is the evil queen, but God, she's evil. She is so excited about a child being buried alive. So she has all these books. She has black arts. She has poisons. Like, again, mm-hmm. like, she has all these books. Why doesn't she just do a spell to make Snow White ugly? Like, if <laughs> this is the, the well, evil. Why didn't that occur to her? Exactly. That's such a good point. Her concern with snow white is not that snow white's going to inherit the throne from her it's not that snow white is going to have any sort of power it is that snow white is prettier than her i think that that's a good point so my biggest takeaway from this is this dungeon is deeply disturbing it's so disturbing so we see the creepy ass dungeon Mm -hmm. she's on the river that i'm referring to as the river sticks because it can only bring death yeah that's good it is a new day The dwarfs are about to go off to work and literally every single one warns her about stranger danger. I do not understand how Snow White is so dumb. They literally- (sighs) Because she's 14, Rachel, because she's 14. Yeah, but like literally you just had seven old men, small old men, but old men nonetheless tell Mm -hmm. you, six, because Dopey didn't, but you have six old men tell you, hey, you know, these- Actually, it's only five. Happy does not make an appearance. In this scene. That's true. But we can presume that happy. Anyway, continue. Yeah, I just I just feel like you have a bunch of people who live in this forest telling you like, hey. Hey, don't trust strangers. Don't open the door. Don't talk to anybody. Like, no shit. I mean, but she trusted all of them. So maybe that's why she's taking it with a grain of salt. I don't know. I don't know. So then she's making the pies. She makes a gooseberry pie. Just for Grumpy. Just for Grumpy. And it's so cute. And the birds do all of their work. Oh, God. This pie literally is also burned in my brain. Okay. Old hag shows up. Tries to offer her apples. Snow is at first slightly apprehensive. And then the birds attack the lady because they know what's up. And Snow is like, oh, no, you stupid birds. Get away from this helpless old lady. No. I'm sorry. I'm yelling into the mic, but I'm angry. I, mm, mm, mm. Mm. this is just like, I don't, like you could help without bringing this old one. Like, why don't you just like stay outside or maybe be like, hey, do you need a cup of water here? Why don't you not accept any food from this strange human? Well, I mean, she only accepts it because this is a special apple. God. Snow White, you dumb girl. You dumb bitch. You dumb. I know. This is a children's movie, but the noises that Snow White makes while she is collapsing <laughs> slash dying, these noises are, I'm sorry, of a sexual nature. And again, I am a 28-year-old woman watching this and not a five-year-old child. So I would hope that innocence would take over their minds. But I was like, oh, this is really uncomfortable. You know what? First, got the taint. <laughs> Then you got, (laughs) I can't, honestly, there are a lot of, there's a lot of sexual subtext to this movie that I really don't think that any of writers or animators or voice actors thought of, but it's fine. Maybe they Um, did. Wink. If they did, the thirties are dirtier than I thought, you know? So, okay. So the, the animals go and warn the dwarfs, they come back, 
they are obviously too late because Snow eats the apple under the guise that this is a, a special apple that will grant her one wish. So obviously she's granting that her people come and take her away and make her princess. Blah, 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 blah. The climax of this movie is super short. Everything happens in the last five minutes of this movie. I would say 75% of this movie could be cut out and we would still not miss anything. No, definitely not. All we'd miss is some really beautiful animation. Like, right. But plot wise. Oh, plot wise. We're not missing anything. That's why I don't anything. That's why I don't have tons of notes on this movie because it's, it's quite short. Really what we, what happened. I just had some like, no observations that I wanted to share. Some thoughts. So the dwarves see. Please that snow white has eaten this apple they assume it's the queen because they're aware of the queen and so they chase after her and they start chasing after the queen and the queen sees them and the queen has a terrible plan and just runs a horrible plan runs she thinks she can fly this is a terrible plan this is such a gruesome death yes it is honestly for anybody watching somebody fall and then have a boulder fall on top of them not a way to go are you fucking serious right now i have so many problems with this personally but i think for like a kid to see that i forgot i forgot this is how she dies i forgot this is how she dies and honestly i'm gonna level with you i think the grimm's fairy tale of having her dance on hot coals until she dies is a lot less gruesome than what just happened in this movie (laughs) (laughs) speaking as a person who just four and a half months ago received a second degree burn if that is how i die uh no can't nope can't even no like that would be one of the worst ways to go. Yeah. Is burning alive. I'm not a fan of the one that was chosen for the movie. Oh, I'm not either, but she's responsible for her own death. Like that is something I actually kind of appreciate that nobody kills her. She does No this one kills her. Well. No one is responsible for it. The dwarfs don't kill her. They're chasing her. But I I like I wonder what they would do if if they caught her if they caught her i assume they'd be like turn her back turn her back tell us how to change her back like whatever i I don't know no i think they probably would have thrown her off the cliff but like yeah because before they knew who snow white was they were talking about killing her so yeah they didn't like the queen so they didn't like the queen they don't like strangers i I guess i don't know i guess you're right the only good thing out of this scene is that she does this to herself nobody has her blood on their hands however speaking similar to the huntsman huntsman, 100% but like again just as a personal personal not a fan of this scene thought it was incredibly gruesome and terrible and one of the worst Disney deaths honestly that I could probably think of um hmm how many people actually are die? Like, let's talk about that. Like, this is a legit death in a Disney movie. This is not someone being banished. This is not somebody getting put away. I mean, I guess we have a similar thing when it comes to other people such as Gaston. But, like, mm-hmm. we have, when somebody dies in a Disney movie, this is kind of what they do. This is the Disney death. Yeah. I just feel like The Rock was just like, 
an extra thing that was unnecessary to fall on top of her. Let's move on. Okay. So again, as I said, the climax of this movie is approximately five minutes. The dwarfs have, they've built this glass coffin for snow. And look, I get that the plot is that Snow White can't be buried so the prince can find her and kiss her and blah, blah, blah. It's super creepy that the, <laughs> the dwarfs didn't bury her. Like, look, I also understand her body wasn't decomposing or anything. She wasn't actually dead, but she presumably had no heartbeat, wasn't breathing, was presumed dead. And then they don't bury her because she's too beautiful, even in death. Creepy. I don't know. I wrote something else. I said, what did you write? That's a beautiful coffin and resting place. You know what? Not against it. Look, it's gorgeous. You, it's a gorgeous it, scene. Oh, it's stunning. But if you were an actual body that had oh, yeah, died I, no, and you was can't, decomposing. Yeah, but you can't do creepy. it. Creepy. So creepy. I mean, interesting. <sighs> But so the prince shows up because he apparently knows exactly where to go. I'm assuming he searched for a while to find her, but whatever. He wastes no time to kiss her. He literally like walks up. How does he know? How does he know? I think this is him just paying respects. I think this is him being like, you know, like, look, if I died, I would not expect Adam to kiss me after I died. That's creepy. I don't know. I don't, I don't think it is like, I mean, again, she's okay, not, maybe not, but she's not she's, decomposed. They're strangers. Yeah. I no. I get it. I have a problem with him doing it. I don't think like, again, he wastes no time. He doesn't like, hello. I Prince, I know you, you dead, but hello. And I know you dead. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This apple wine is poison in its own right. Lord um, almighty, is it? But no, so like he just wastes no time. I saw it as a sign of respect of a like. All right, fine, um, whatever. Let's move past it. To our final thing of, and they all lived happily ever after. Okay, two notes God. before we officially end the movie. Okay. Number one. Oh, just kidding. I have three notes. Oh my Lord. They're short. Number one. <laughs> If you think about it too much, it's really strange that Dopey keeps trying to get a kiss on the lips because he is an old man trying to get a creepy kiss on the lips from a 14-year-old. So that's why I'm not going to think about it too much. I don't think he's old. Go ahead. I don't think he's old. All right. Number two, we don't see an actual wedding scene. Why did I think we did? Because most Disney movies we do. Number three. Um, This is very unusual for a film of this era, but the words, the end never appear on the screen i thought that was crazy but instead we got and they lived happily, happily ever, ever after all right after that that's after oh no i'm closing know. my I... notebook i gotta Yikes. just let's, let's okay so thoughts on snow white i again i knew i remembered nothing about this seeing as i get one second into the movie and i say the stepmother is the queen whoa (laughs) crazy i watched this i would say eight years ago almost i think was the last time i saw it before i went to disneyland with some friends oh that's Um, so i did remember most of this movie it's it's beautiful i think that it's such a, a a gorgeous film to really bring us into the walt disney company's animated films yeah i mean this really if you want to 
like cement yourself a legacy, this is it. Like, this is such an incredible, you know what? Screw everybody who said this wasn't going to work out because this clearly, this turns out to be so gorgeous of a movie. And I think that if I was to say like one takeaway of like why somebody should watch this movie, it would be to see the animation of hand drawings in 1938 with the colors and just the look of this entire thing. That to me is my definite takeaway of this entire movie. Agreed. It is, it's so stunning. It, the fact that computers didn't exist and we still get this level of animation and it's, it's seamless. Yeah. I mean, sure. There are some hiccups, but like, if you're just watching this for the first time, you're not going to notice that. No, it's, it's gorgeous. The colors look, and I, when I was watching that, that golden anniversary special, they showed the original colors and my God, there, there's so much like duller and not, not as bright as what you're seeing in the remastered version, which is, as I can only imagine what Walt wanted from the beginning. Oh, I bet it totally is. And like, here we are talking about this, how many years later, 77 years later about this movie. I mean, I, it's not, it's not going anywhere. This is forever going to be the first animated feature film of the Walt Disney company. And it's iconic. That's yeah. the word I'm going to say is iconic. Yeah. I, my word is legendary. Like this is, you got iconic. You, I got legendary, but really same thing of this Again, without this movie, if we never, if Walt listened to the people who said, don't do this, I don't know that we would have anything that I'm sure we'd have some like, but we wouldn't have Disneyland. We wouldn't have these incredible movies. We wouldn't have this podcast. We wouldn't have matching Disney shirts. We wouldn't have anything that we really, I don't know. To me, all things Disney are just such a special thing to me. And without this movie. I don't know that we would have all of the things that we have today because he wouldn't have got the money to keep going and make Disneyland do these other things if it wasn't yeah, and this, for this. The, the profits made from this movie built Walt Disney Studios in Burbank, which is like down the street from me. So like yep. this really started it all. Exactly. I know it started with a mouse, but really if it wasn't for one princess and seven dwarves, we wouldn't have what we have today. I think that that's a beautiful note to end on. Oh, thanks. Mm-hmm. But I'm just going to say one more thing. I mean, great wine pick. We're drunk, but great wine pick. Is it really though? Like, no, look, I've got to be honest. I'm not going to recommend this wine. I'm not going to buy this again. I'm glad it was only $8. <laughs> yeah. I, again, I'd like your idea. It's if you don't like wine and you like apple juice, try this like it's this is a good gateway wine it's a good gateway wine like I think you're looking to like I don't know what I like I like sweet things try this wine and then eventually go into drier wines Adina we should have had this wine when we were in college Rachel I think that something we should start doing is like rating this on a scale of like one to ten or one to five or whatever like how many wine glasses would you give this? I would give this a two out of five wine glasses. <laughs> I, you know, I think I would probably do the same. I would maybe go, bump it up to a two and a half. Again, 
for the right person, I think this is a good mm-hmm. wine for somebody. Yes. For us, this is for sorry, for me personally, it's a two. For somebody, <clears throat> I would recommend it maybe more than I would drink it. Rachel, thank you for this movie choice. I apologize for the wine choice, but I really had to pick it. No, don't apologize because that's what we're doing. We are picking the right wine for the movie. It's not necessarily the wine that we want to drink, but it's the wine that we have to drink. Right. Like the last time that I picked the wine, that's a five out of five. No wine glass wine. Yeah. I, this is, this is not, and that's okay. I expect that we will have more that are not. And again, no offense to the winemaker. There's a wine for everybody. This one's just not for us, but it is for the movie that we watched. It hit expectations. Yeah. It did what it needed to do. It was appley. We talked about Snow White. It was appley. Check, check. It was. Yes. And on their, that's their website. It says to pair it with an apple crumble. So Mm. there you go. Now I want an apple crumble. Let's end this episode with a hearty cheers. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us online at DisneyRewind.com. That is D-I-S-N-E-Y. R-E-W-I-N-E-D.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at Disney Rewind. You can also listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And finally, you can send us an email at DisneyRewind at gmail.com. Again, that's Disney Rewind, D-I-S-N-E-Y-R-E-W-I-N-E-D at gmail.com. Cheers. Cheers.